A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy Wednesday and welcome to yet another Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily Podcast with me, your host with the Alice Band. Oh, you still got that? Yep, still got it. Andy Goldstein. And we start with the trillion pound game. It's the biggest game in world football, bigger than the World Cup. As Brentford took on neighbours Fulham at Wembley in the Championship Playoff Final. There was, of course, commentary of the game with Sam Matterface and Dean Ashton, plus reaction on my show, Andy Goldstein's Sports Bar. I wasn't there, but it doesn't matter. With Jason Cundy and Jordan Jaron Bryan. Kenny, after the ball has gone, has gone right over the top of the ball. He's stumped her up and it's above the ankle. I mean, how is that not a red card? That's clearer than the first half red card. That's a red it's card. A, it's a disgusting challenge is what it is. Uh, he won't you go for go oh! instead. Oh, he's won it. What a fantastic goal that is. What a brilliant inventive set piece from Joe Bryan, who instead of arcing the ball into the penalty area, went straight from goal. And he has outwitted David Rea and surely has put Fulham in pole position to go into the Premier League. Tom Kearney thrusts the playoff trophy into the sky. All that matters to Fulham fans is that they will be back in the Premier League again. The champagne corks come off. Fulham will celebrate a win over their local rivals. There's a support mechanism behind you that makes you be able to stand there in these moments throughout this year and same probably with the players um, to keep fronting up at times when it's been, been rocky and it has been rocky and uh, I probably why I'm emotional is because, because of that. And my wife, my kids, they've been the real rock and the backbone of me and they deserve this. I think we actually created the team that should have played Premier League. Um, so it's not only a couple of players, but uh, the whole team that should play Premier League. I know one thing, tomorrow the sun will rise again. Um, I know we'll come back stronger. And I promise all Bees fans that we will have a very strong side going into the championship season next year. With who? I don't know. Chance here under the goalkeeper and in. Well, they couldn't score against Brentford in the regular season, but when it really matters, when it really, really matters, Fulham have struck twice in extra time. 
Let's have a chat first of all with Oliver, the Fulham fan. Oliver, how you doing, my friend? Or is that a stupid yeah. question to start with? <laughs> I, I, I can honestly say to you, I don't think I've felt so hoarse in my life as this person screaming at the TV. Um, I've only, I, I literally landed from uh, a, a flight from Berlin about two hours ago. So I was then rushing to get back here to then watch the game. And from what I saw, I actually kind of completely agree with you. We only just about edged there. Um, I think that Brentford were playing very well. We were playing very well. But again, there, it, it takes a moment of, I don't know, like just a moment, doesn't it, really, to change the game completely. And, and that's what's what's happened. And um, I, I have to say sorry to my sister's boyfriend and my cousins. Uh, <laughs> no, tough. no, no, that's no, no you don't. Now. Yeah, no, just get on with it. You, you're up. It's you or them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. And, and you know what? It's us. And, uh, <laughs> there you go. So, <laughs> I might just have to remind them over the coming days, maybe the coming weeks. We'll see what happens. But, you know, I, I had a feeling that we were going to win tonight too. And I am so pleased that we have done that. Now, this is The Breakfast Show with Ali McQuist and Laura Woods. And this is Quasty or Macca, responding to the ridiculous comments from Jamie O'Hara that Bournemouth are a bigger club than Rangers. Here's the take of Rangers legend Macca. Or Quisty, or Ali, or Ali. No, this is only those. Leeds or Rangers? Rangers. Burnley or Rangers? Rangers. Crystal Palace or Rangers? Rangers. Juventus or Rangers? Juventus. <laughs> I just added that one in there myself. West Ham or Rangers? Rangers. Newcastle or Rangers? Rangers. Really? Yes. Everton or Rangers? Rangers. But uh, you're closer now. You're closer. Spurs or Rangers? Rangers. Wow. Okay. Manchester City or Rangers? At this moment in time, Manchester City. My next one was going to be Liverpool, but I feel like you've already answered that. Liverpool, yeah. Mm. Arsenal or Rangers? Um, There's a good one there. There we go. There's a good one. Um, Level, par. (laughs) You can't have par. I'm I'm going par. Yeah, but they want your answer. The board, both boards are looking at you going, Ali McCoy, we want you at our club. Which one are you going to go for? Rangers. Rangers, all right. Uh, when you put the question to me like that. Yeah. Chelsea or Rangers? I like the Chelsea as well, yeah. but I'm still going Rangers, but I do like mm. the Chelsea. I like Arsenal, I've got to say. Do you know there's a tremendous history between Arsenal and Rangers, you know? I don't care. Yeah. Leicester or Rangers? Oh, come on, Rangers. <laughs> come on. There's only, there's only three or four. I like the way you tried Manch- to fob me off Manchester. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you about the history. Manchester United, <laughs> Manchester City, Liverpool. Mm-hmm. You know, clubs like that. Mm. Rangers, listen, Rangers Ra- is bigger than Chelsea Rangers and Celtic the only thing and it's the only thing it's finance that's the problem that's the, that's the problem if Rangers and Celtic played in the top flight in England I'm telling you right now in five years you'd have a top eight instead of a top six Simple as, no problem. Listen to this. This is from Spurs Andrew, who usually, by the way, good morning, Spurs Andrew, directs abuse at me, um, but I'll read this one out to you. The Dog and Bone Pub League... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The Dog and Bone Pub League team is a bigger (laughs) job than Rangers or Celtic. Well, by the way, it's just finance. That's all it is. Andres, or whatever his name is, wasn't he saying that years ago when... Rangers and Celtic were beating English teams in Europe quite comfortably, I may add, right? Mm. Quite comfortably. When Celtic went to the UEFA final, they beat Liverpool and Blackburn. And Blackburn. Mm. When we had our good run in Europe, we beat Leeds United, who were champions, home and away. So it's just money. It's, mm. it's fact, That's the only thing that's holding the old firm back. 
Now, ahead of last night's playoff final, former Crystal Palace owner Simon Jordan, Katie Price's ex-husband, recorded his memories of reaching the richest game in football in 2004. He told someone who was in for Jim and Natalie that nearly getting relegated was more nerve-wracking than the day of the playoff final itself. The most nervous I've ever been, honestly, was when we nearly got relegated in my first season. I'd spent tens of millions. I'd come in, the youngest football club owner in the world, lots to say for myself, lots of ambition, pushed Palace forward, got to the cup semi-final against Liverpool, you know, uh, got knocked out in the second leg at Anfield rather badly, teams declines, fire the manager two games to go, put Kemba in charge, really looked like we were going to get relegated. The whole world's coming in on me. And I literally felt... You know, we played Watford in a game and we, we played so well and got beat. And I literally, for the first time in my adult life, sort of sat there in tears going, this ain't fair. Ain't fair isn't the terminology that I use because life isn't fair and you just no, have to get on with it. True. But when we went to that game against Stockport, we beat Portsmouth in the second or second to last game of the season at their place. They needed to, to win as well. Graham Ricks was their manager. It was a game of huge pressure, rivalry because of the geography. Went up there, beat them 4-2, played brilliantly. Had to go to Stockport to win this game. Uh, and I rely on other teams to not necessarily come up with results. And we scored in the 87th minute. We shouldn't have scored. David Hopkin, who had signed from Bradford, been the inordinate waste of money, but in this moment in time, <laughs> handballed the ball, knocked it down at the pitch to the pest, Clinton Morrison, chested it down, knocked it into Dougie Friedman. We scored in the 88th minute. Yeah. But prior to that, it was the most nervous because I was going to be responsible, to some extent, for relegating Palace. In I'd come, lots to say for myself, lots to say about what I was going to do and how I was going to do it, lots of money being spent on players, and then staring at the indignation of being relegated. And from that, Palace kicked on, Steve Bruce came in, we started well, and two years later we in the Premier League. Now, on Drive Time, I was alongside Jamie O'Hara and we had the former Brentford manager, Mad Dog, Martin Allen in the studio. Of course, I didn't say that to his face. But before we spoke about the playoff final, he started talking a load of ball. Yep, quite literally, a story about an encounter with a cow with horns, a.k.a. a bull. I mean, I know that and you know that, but he didn't know that. I lived in Winchester when I played at Portsmouth and on the back of our house, there was a load of farmers' fields. It weren't my fields, it was a farmers' fields. And on a Saturday morning before going to the game on a Saturday afternoon as a footballer, you try and kill time. So you just go for a gentle walk and a stroll, get your body moving, standard stuff. Anyway, I got my two sons out. It's coming towards the winter. It's in the autumn. And both my boys, George and Charlie, I think they're about six and eight years old. They had those things that were trendy at the time called red puffer jackets, little red puffer jackets. So I take them. I didn't hold her hands because walking down the little lane and then we'd done a right through a little gate through to this field and I could see across the field about 200 yards away is the other gate that we had to climb over to go back round towards our house was so anyway we just started walking through the field gently as you do no problem and it all looked quite nice and I looked over on the left hand side about 30 yards away and there was a big pack of cows and I didn't think cows were aggressive I didn't think they came towards humans but the thing is there was one in the middle that had horns. Anyway, I took a couple of deep breaths and I thought, steady, tiger. So I started walking a bit quick and I got the boys. Come on, boys, come forward, daddy. Come on, move, move, come on. And this bull started jogging towards us. It, you know, it's not like Linford coming out the blocks, but it started to move. And as it was getting closer and closer, it was getting a little bit quicker. 
So I've got both the boys said, come on, run, run. George, the eldest one, runs fast enough to get away. Charlie, the little one, I've grabbed him under my arm <laughs> and the ball is now like not far behind us. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I ain't going to make it. I, there's no way I was going to make it to the gate to get out of the field. And I've got my son and I, oh my God. So I don't know what it was. It was a mad dog moment. It's got, you know, I turned, I put Charlie on the floor and said, Charlie, run, run. And I turned round and fronted up the ball <laughs> with both my fists out and that horrible face that I know I have got. And I went, <laughs> the ball, this is true. I promise this is true. The ball stopped. I took a deep breath. And I was like, I started running to get out of the field. And thankfully, the ball walked away and I got out of that field. When I climbed over that gate, all three of us were crying. And I thought, <laughs> oh, my God. Now, the Wigan Athletic goalkeeper David Marshall has been speaking to TalkSport's David Tanner following the club going into administration, their subsequent relegation from the championship and resignation of their manager, Paul Cook. Blimey, it's all happening at Wigan. The Scotland goalkeeper was asked how the squad felt following the draw against Fulham that ultimately sealed their fate. It was really tough. I think I eventually ended in relegation. It was, I think after the, the last game, it was just you were mentally tired more than physically. I think everybody was. The, the, the number of games as well, regardless of what happened with the administration, was always going to be tough. And then obviously the six games to go, Dropping in the admin was was really tough for the club, obviously, um, and the staff and the players. As, as a group of players, we had that good of results previous that we'd actually still had a chance to stay up. So we just kind of knuckled down. We had went in the administration on the Wednesday. I had the meeting with the administrators on the Thursday, and and we realised that we had six games left, and we realistically had to win four to to, to have a, a chance. And that's what we said at the end of that meeting. So. Um, it was tough. I think having all the games crammed in in such a short space of time did help. Um, we didn't have too much to focus on, too much thinking time. But unfortunately, we just we just fell short. England cricket captain Joe Root has addressed the media ahead of today's first test against Pakistan. Root still isn't sure if Ben Stokes, Stokesy, will be available to bowl in the first test, but he said that Stuart Broadie will probably play at Old Trafford. Traffordy. Um, I know you're trying to pick the team for me right now, but um, we, we'll weigh everything else up you know, tomorrow when we have a, a bit more information on Ben on the pitch, everything else. But I think you can quite clearly see that that's something that long-term we're looking at is we want that extra bit of pace, that variation within our bowling group and feel that around the world that gives us a lot better chance of taking 20 wickets consistently. So it's very exciting when you see um, guys like Woody and Joffre um, the ability to bowl over 90 miles an hour and you can you can fit that in with guys like Stuart, Jimmy, Sam Curran, Wopsy, you know, a number of different skills. When they all come together, they complement each other extremely well. And don't forget, of course, there'll be updates throughout the day on TalkSport with John, don't call me Norman, Norman from 11am. Now, the Manchester United midfielder Jesse Lingard has been speaking to TalkSport's James Savundra ahead of United's Europa League round of 16 second leg against LASK, or LASK, if you want to shorten it, at Old Trafford tonight. The England midfielder spoke about his delight at scoring against Leicester, although it was a tap-in, in United's last league outing, and his hopes of impressing boss Oli Gunnar Solskjaer in the upcoming Europa League games. 
obviously I know I've not had the, the best of seasons and you know obviously during lockdown I wanted to come back as you know in the best shape you know possible you know to, to impress the manager and you know just, just just that hard work you know can can pay off by you know pressing in the last minute and uh, you know winning it off the keeper and, and sticking it in the back of the net and of course you know a goal give, gives, gives you confidence and I, you know I'm, I'm looking forward to the next game and you know I can't, I can't wait to play the next game and, and try and impress. And we finish with my show, even though I wasn't there, probably not as good as mine, actually. I wasn't involved with it. If I were you, I'd fast forward this bit on. This is the Sports Behind the Gold Scenes one with Jason Cundy and Jordan Jarrett Bryan. So there was four people on the show last night. Big breaking news for you here on Talk Sport. It's regarding the potential sale of Borussia Dortmund's Jaden Sancho. Talk Sport understands that Manchester United will not be held to ransom by Dortmund to pay the second highest transfer fee in history for the England international. And it doesn't look like there's going to be a clamber for Jaden Sancho mm. at that price. I don't see any other club in the running for it, do you? There's mm. not like a bidding war. I mean, Dortmund would love it, but there's not. Man City clearly aren't going to be interested. PSG could afford him. I've not heard them be linked. No. Real Madrid, well, that may well be the club he, the, the Man United fear most. Barcelona, maybe. Let's be honest, you're looking at some players in that team. You got Pogba in there, yeah, whether he, whether you like him or not. I'm pretty sure Jaden Sancho wouldn't mind being in the same dressing room lining up alongside him. Martial, young Greenwood, mm. Rashford, mm. some of the other players that Manchester United will probably end up signing. You know, and you're playing Old Trafford. There's a big there's a big draw there. There will be a time that football opens up, let's hope, pray, pray to God, God willing, that football opens up and fans do come through the door and COVID is no longer a financial problem for clubs. What are Man United going to do then? I think Dortmund have been very, very clear all the way through that uh, Sancho is only available for transfer if their valuation is met. And you look at the situation, Sancho does not have a release clause. He has two years left on his deal. Dortmund are perfectly prepared, if this doesn't happen, to offer him uh, a big pay rise and an extension to his current deal so that he's given a reward in that way for his form. So they're, they're very relaxed about this. Uh, I, I think there is a bit of briefing going on. I think United are basically trying to put it out there. They want to pay a lower fee. I think it probably will happen in the fullness of time. But if United think they can lowball Borussia Dortmund, I think they've got another thing coming. Thanks for listening to Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily Podcast. Reminder, you can listen to us on the TalkSport app as well. And of course, we're still available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Acast, or wherever you get your poddies from. But if you add the TalkSport app to your phone, you can listen to all the podcasts, plus your favourite radio shows as well. That will be mine. Tonight, it's Inter Milan against Katafi. It's at 8pm kickoff. It's the Europa League last 16. You can hear it live, as Martin Tyler would say, on TalkSport 2. Commentary is not from Martin Tyler. It's from Jim Proudfoot and David Conley. Have a good day. Be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from Talk Sport.
The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.